Hello everyone, um, I'm sat here with uh, Peter Bomb and uh, in a little office somewhere in the, in, in, in the Hereth control tower. Uh, we managed to steal it off somebody for half an hour. So basically this is a new podcast and it's um, Peter Bomb who, who you may or may not know. He's won two world championships as an engineer with Cal Crutchlow and Danny Kent. So there's probably no one, he works in the media office more than anything else. So there's probably no one in the media office who knows anything more about racing than he does. And then there's me. So I've been here a million years and I used to race and... Um, one with TT. One with <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Um, one with TT. So hopefully we have, you know, my, our idea is always to try and not say what happened because you, you probably already know that. You probably saw the race. Is to talk about why it happened. And because that's what I think is interesting. So, I mean, just without a doubt, Jerez, the best day of the championship so far. It's the fourth race. And there's something about Hareth. There's, there's loads of people here. They're all going crazy. The sun's shining. It's a great track. And you cannot help but think, wow, MotoGP is just special. Whereas you do go to some other tracks and there's no one there. And, you you know, you wonder if, if we're long for this world. But, I mean, what a great race it was, Peter. Uh, I'm still thrilled because, you know, we are here. Just like you said, Hareth is a magical place. And that magic was really noticeable in the air, but it was also really proper racing, you know. If I would have watched this from home, which fortunately I'm here, would have done, I would have been just as excited. But, you know, the bus is still here in the media center. Everybody is excited. Everybody wants to check with your own. Did you see that? How outrageous was that what he did? I mean, there's so much to talk about. We all watched the race. I'm really happy with uh, having seen proper, proper racing, uh, good battles, different manufacturers. Looking back over the weekend, a lot of things happened. Uh, and we had to explain in our way what we think, why things happen, because we assume everybody knows the result, how it went. It finally was again Peko Bayai, but it didn't look like that at all when the weekend started. I mean, sure. not at all. Because he crashed in the previous two races, lost the front, okay, in the wet in Argentina and then in the dry and up Cody. And what, as a rider, if you've lost the front two races in a row, you can come to the next race terrified that you're going to do the same again. Yeah. Yeah. Because your confidence is already on the way down, and you know if you crash again, then your confidence is just going to bomb. Yeah. So, you know, so he was struggling with front feeling with a Ducati on Friday morning, all through Friday, in fact. And he was sure, really worried. He was slow. It's yeah. one thing to complain, yeah. but it's another sure. thing when you complain and you're on the sure. second page, on the second screen, which is horrible. So Ducati said they played with suspension and geometry, and on Saturday he was fine. But, you know, you mm. just don't know whether that was mm. just... Not even immediately, yeah, because I was there Saturday morning, and there was stuff on the bench. You know, it's always... a the best place to look when you walk yeah. in pit lane, mm -hmm. depending on what sessions going on, always look on the bench. Yeah. Because the teams that have the shit sorted have nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just some lubrication and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Teams that are in the shit, they have sprockets, they have shocks, they have everything waiting because they expect everything can happen. At Peco side, everything was going to happen probably because there were there were shocks, there were sprockets, there was yeah. front springs, everything was there. Well, you, you really don't want to see that on a Saturday morning. No, no, no. So, and then he said to me that, that I just spoke to him that, that, that that was when they fixed it, was Saturday morning. Okay, yeah, that's a long session. Yeah. Uh, so a lot is worse in the in the, the whole way the weekend goes this year, especially you hate it, the way yeah. that the, the schedule is for the weekends, because it puts a lot more pressure on the teams. And But to, one of the positive things, is, apart from having an exciting sprint race, is on Saturday morning you got a full hour to work on your setup. And yeah. if it's not too cold, and it was not too cold here, then you can really 
work on the basics and, and, and Ducati needed that and they just just managed to to find it yeah, with yeah. Peckle again happened before eh, last year a couple yeah. of times and, and then as, as we you know the ET so nearly didn't make it through to Q2 and wow I mean literally uh, I was speaking to a Moto2 engineer a while back and he said you know that Peckle doesn't like he looked like he has Balls. He doesn't look like he's a brave man. He looks no, like no. a philosophy student exactly. in yeah. university. Musician. Yeah. And and, 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 and this Moto two guy said he had big balls. Yeah. And, and the where he made that time was through turn twelve, which is the super, super fast right behind the paddock. If you crash there, there's not a lot of runoff. You are in big trouble. Because the situation we speak about now is the last minutes of uh of the, of the qualif- of qualifying one, mm. where it, where he still wasn't in there in, in yeah. the top two, and there was just seconds to go, so this was his final lap. This one, and I'm like, no, he's going to blow it because if you blew that, you blow the whole weekend. Yeah. And then the first sector wasn't even that great, and then he did it in the third, especially the fourth sector. He, he came a lot back on the I mean, the fourth sector is behind the pedal gear. That's that's big ball stuff, you know. Jerez is small, and these are the fastest corners of the track. On, and they're really, really, really small. Yeah, so like, to make like, time like you said, yeah, yeah, if, you, if you crash in turn 12, you end up in the You end up on our desk in the media center because you just fly over the whole paddock. That's scary. Too. You don't want to crash there. And he, everything he put it on the line there. So the problem with him lacking speed and waiting for the confidence is not a ballsy thing. It's not like he's scared. <laughs> he no, just no. sometimes is completely lost. Sure. And then again, but he's on a Ducati. Mm. And there is like a lot of Ducatis out there. There's always one Ducati that is, for some reason, likes a track and understands it immediately. Finally, Jorge Martin, bam, he was immediately there. And then you look at each other's data and you learn from that. That's one of the, the real big benefits of, of Ducati. Sure, sure. There's a lot of them around. There's always one faster than you and you all study each other's data. Yeah, yeah. But hats off for, uh, for Peko because it was so late. He left it really, really late he did because then he was in Q2 and then just before Q2 started to rain. I mean, that's, yeah. you, you're, it's not like you had too much confidence. And then this happened again. Yeah. And he, again, did it, you know, put it on the front. Yeah. So amazing. Really, really uh, good yeah. lap. Yeah. Then I knew something was going to happen, corner, corner, because the Ducati is always a solid racer, even yeah. in Jerez, where it, until a couple of years ago, hmm, Jerez used to be not, yeah. not really an, a, a track for them. But no, no, no. They are, yeah. They are, they are, no. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the big thing also is obviously KTM. You know, they seem to be, they've been in a bit of a disaster for two years, really, since they re- changed front tires. The, the Michelin changed the front tire allocation at the start of 2021, and, and KTM went from double winners to nowhere. Yeah. You know, and finally they have found their way back. And through geometry changes, balance changing, aero changes, all these sort of things. And also resources. One of the investments told me they that have, basically they said, look, you know, we need more money yeah. to fight to fight Ducati and and, and, and Because uh, Ducati too has a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean the last few years you know, you're wandering up and down the back of the pits and there's just so many Ducati engineers compared to Honda, Yamaha oh, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, the other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's coming that way with Katie. Yeah, you yeah. the the, the one of the things now you just have to spend what well, you've always had to spend a lot of money to succeed in Grand Prix racing. But you know, but as you said, you've got to spend it properly on the right people. Yeah. You can't just just throwing money at something right. doesn't bring success. Yeah. But they have somehow they've got it right. And, and and the wonderful thing about that they've got back that front end. So you know, going into turn yeah. six, the oh. slow hairpin again now in Brit Binder and no, they were just taking meters out of somebody, and, and it's. Ages since I've seen anybody being able yeah. to do that. On, on a MotoGP bike, you're not supposed 
to go inside within the corner. That's so exactly. old school, that's yeah. slow, that's dangerous, yeah. that's yeah. fully wrong. You confuse the electronics. We can never make a side of you. No, my name is Brad Binder. It's Sunday, and that's how I go into this corner, and that's how I can fucking win the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what he did because we yeah. we cannot stop speaking about KTM because they're they're the, the revelation of the weekend. You know how they oh. bam. Yeah. And, and uh, I just studied also to explain other people the the ins and outs from the KTM. And for me, it started to make a short, a long story short. At least started at the test that Danny did here because Danny is an yeah. amazing fast but also very intelligent test rider yeah. uh, at ktm they not so long ago had a two-day test here that helped massively because mm -hmm. the schedule of the weekend is killing if you're on friday morning find out you're missing half a second your weekend's gone because yeah. you, you go out with and your base setting has to be brilliant and then i tell you something Matt. i've been in Jerez a couple of times with teams all sorts of teams all sorts of level and the general um uh, what do you say in english whatever what, what we say to each other as a rule is if your work, if your bike works in Jerez, it works basically everywhere. Mm. Okay, maybe Saxony not, uh, maybe Montegi not immediately because these are weird places. Sure. But mm. if it does, and you're the way around too, if it doesn't work in Jerez, you're in you're in trouble. Mm. I mean, we have so many factors to speak about later in this podcast that are in trouble because it didn't work here. Yeah. KTM arrives here; they did the test okay, but now they have a bike that worked here. I'm I'm getting slightly confident that they will be here for the rest of the year. Yeah. And suddenly, from a manufacturer that it took honestly too long in my eyes to, to, to become competitive, suddenly, after four races, Brad Binder is second in the championship. There's two points behind Magic Paco, and he's there with a, with a package because he's not there because there were a couple of odd, weird races where everybody crashed or was. No, just solid there. And, and, and the, the, the great thing is that, you know, KDM, not only back, but they, 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 they've ridden this bike that Jack. Is a motocrosser. He, you know, he rode the Ducati for five years. He won a few races on it, but he likes the bike to move around under him. Some riders like the right the bike to be stable to do like a one two five to do exactly what they want to do. Other riders like it to move around because when it starts to move around, you can feel what it wants to do, and you yeah. can then adjust yourself. All the motocross guys ask exactly. the bike it moves because as long as it, as soon, no, not as long as soon as you feel the bike moving under you, you feel actually. Uh, I'm a little bit of a motocrosser when I was young. Yeah. And I and I only recently later realized why you do that. Because then you actually have the control. You you can say if it's not moving, then everything's fine. No, it's not I'm not sure because I'm not, exactly. because it might yeah, start yeah, to yeah, move yeah. in a violent yeah. way. As soon as it moves under me, I know where I'm gonna plant it. And I can go into the corner really far. I can put it wide exactly yeah. where I want it. Not not me, but exactly. these guys. That's why they want to have it yeah, moving. So once once you feel it moving, if you know the bike well enough. You feel it move in a certain way, and you know what's coming next. Oh, That's the important yeah, yeah. thing, and 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 also from a fan point of view, for you know what we want to do is is see people semi out of control. Yeah, exactly. That's what we yeah, want yeah. to see. And because that usually is a sign of speed. Yeah. If somebody's on a on the bike, like Mark used to override bikes always. We were fighting when I was with Steve from Radley Motor Two. We were fighting all year long against Mark on on, on his Motor Two, and his bike looks so shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I almost felt sorry yeah, for him, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. not because he was over that Sutra was a proper motor to buy. Yeah. No problem. But it looks like the fork was bottoming out all the time. The rear was popping up completely sideways and into all the corners. Everything wrong. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure the setup was not that bad, but he just automatically overrides every bike. And yeah. that was for him a very successful way in many, many years, overriding the bike immediately. Yeah. I mean, there have been other riders, uh, Jorge Lorenzo springs to mind, yeah. that never had no. a bike moving and still won a lot of races. Mm -hmm. 
but his days, not only as a rider, but also the type of bikes that they were using are fortunately gone. Yeah. You know, with the Bridgestone tires and yeah. 800cc, it's all gone. Now yeah. we have yeah. the possibility again to, that's that's also the like a relief almost for me to see a bike winning that can and will move under you and give you feedback and still you're fast. We, we were talking earlier about, you know, the, the last couple of years with every, all the riders complaining about tire temperature and then tire, the, oh. the pressure going up. And then the, when the pressure goes up, the tire becomes like a balloon. So you lose contact patch and then you crash. Yeah. But this weekend, it's been really hot here. So it's a tough track for front tires. And I thought this was going to be a disaster. But in fact, a lot of the riders said, yeah, I had a high tire temperature but the pressure was okay and, and something that you said earlier was that you know michelin's tires for 2023 they have a harder carcass than what they had before if you have a harder carcass my assumption not being a tire engineer is that it's not going to blow up as much when the temperature it comes will deform because it's, it's going to deform somehow the michelin is really really sensitive for the shape of the contact patch yeah. Because in another paddock in the World Championship Superbike, yeah. they have the Pirellis, and the Pirellis deforms a lot more, mm-hmm. and they still work. Yeah. So when they deform, they still have a working contact patch. So it gives sure. proper, and it, so it almost gives you more feedback mm-hmm. than you want, which is a luxury for up until yeah. some point. And the missions are the other way around. Yeah. They the never the, the Bridgestone prop- was a bit like the the. I don't know about the Pirelli, but the Bridgestone was a bit like the the, the Pirelli, and that the riders used to call that call it a platform. But it used to, I think, it deformed in a much more normal, understandable way than the Pirelli. It would would deform until you had this platform. And then as long as you kept a decent load. If you didn't load it enough, you crash. You could crash with stones because you were not fast enough and you lose the front. So how's that when your crew chief tells you, no, go out again and try harder? Yeah, but it just crashed. Yeah, but you have to try harder. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy being a merger people. (laughs) Um, and, 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 you know, Stoner used to use the front brake all yeah, the way through yeah, the corner. Make sure there's enough loads on it. Because if you yeah. load the front tyre, um, you know, you're going to increase the contact patch. So, uh, yeah. And I'm so happy to see that this tyre pressure problem that has destroyed the last few seasons oh, yeah. up to a point. Yeah. To my, yeah. to, in my, not destroyed the last few seasons, but spoiled the last few seasons seems to be over i mean the riders still have to be careful about that the problem is the more horsepower you have the more heat you have and that's another problem now you know the more power the bikes make the more heat they put out that is another problem with the tire temperature the riders are beginning to kind of understand the worst how to get this and misana are always the worst for tire pressure and now there was not so much complaining and mm-hmm. crying so probably just under the radar michelin is already working properly on the because well, i'm not sure if all tires front tires this year will have this extra car because sure. at least sure. here it was and, and let's enjoy it so that's ktm raving about ktm yeah. we forgot one thing the starch yeah. i mean we had unfortunately four starts instead of two over the weekend yeah. because yeah. people tend to crash a lot these days especially in hrs um but there's no, so now it's no coincidence i mean everybody has every now and then an unbelievable start it's like you really fall into it but there's, there's a clear pattern, you know, yeah, the KTM's yeah, just shot off well, the line. I mean, yeah, I, I heard from an engineer that will remain nameless that the KTM does 106, 0 to 106Ks in 2.1 seconds, which is, I, I think a Formula 1 car does 0 to 100 in Ks in 2.6, but of course it's a lot heavier, and, and weight is what matters yeah, most. Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're moving from 0, weight is what matters most, isn't it? But I, I you know, I... 
I, I'm not a fan of any of the devices. And I think one of the reasons why everyone's arriving at the first or the second corner together is because they've all got devices yeah. and they all make perfect stuff. Yes. So they all arrive there together and you get accidents. So to me, if you got rid of the devices, it would yeah. be safer. Um, and, and then we come to the, the next thing we come to is the, the, the FIM stewards, you know, sanctioning Quadraro for being between Oliveira and Martin, I think it was, and three um, guys, one guy, I'm exactly sorry, got three guys into one doesn't go, and um, and he got sanctioned for that. And to me, that was just a racing incident. You know, you're going into the first, second corner, there's a tight hairpin, and the three of you together, and and you crash. That was to me, that was a racing incident. Nobody feels being penalized no, for that. I, I watched it, I think, with David Emmett together, I think 15 times from yeah. every angle, because yeah. we needed all to wait for the restart. Yeah. And initially, I'm like, wow, that's quite ambitious what he's doing. But then you look from the helicopter view, and actually, the guy on the inside, Beseki, was not. But Beseki <laughs> wasn't even turning in where he's supposed to, where he was supposed to turn in. He right. went already wide. Right. But, and then sure. Fabio was on his left rear, rear, on the left side of his rear wheel, and behind on the left side of Fabio, because we're going to a right hand corner. Um, there is somebody that has to start turning, otherwise he ends up on the ripple strip. Yeah. So the gate closed on him, yeah. but that's nobody's real fault. It's just a situation that yeah. is there. This is my the tendency from race direction that we see lately, uh, that apart from the fact that there's no consistency and they don't explain anything and we cannot argue, we cannot even ask, we just get the written results of the, the board of wisdom. Mm. Um, but it's a lottery in the end. Yeah. And this one was again wrong. Because there is, there is no lot, you shouldn't, you shouldn't penalize that rider for the, what the, happened the, the there. The same with the Bagnaya um, Miller we had, collision at turn six when they, they made Bagnaya go back one position. Again, today, again, I just thought, well, do, do you know that's what happens so, in motorbike racing? You're not dry, long ago you, for a gap that exists. What are you going to do? Are you going to impose a two meter exclusion zone on other riders? What are you going to do? I, I just I think it's a worrying way to go. And and. and what was really important to me, what really showed that it wasn't a bad maneuver, was that after the race, that they were all hugging each other. You know, now, now if somebody had done a dirty move, oh, no, you don't hug somebody no, no, that's just no. really yeah. stuffed you. Yeah. You know, you don't. So to me, if the riders don't think, but then again, speaking to some of them, some of them actually said that the, uh, the penalties were fine. They, they, they were happy with so there's a bit of a weird, okay. but I mean, you know, you know what riders are like, you know, if, if, if someone else has been penalized, they're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. They've been penalized. Yeah. It's like, you, yeah. 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 you know, so th this is riders. We, we, you know, I've been, we've both been working for them with them for years yeah. and we know that they don't always tell the truth. No, 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 because they're riders. As long yeah. as they're riders, you yeah. could yeah. not, you can never really trust them. And no. actually I expect that from a proper rider. You have to be more than selfish. Uh, so. That, 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 that's definitely not something that worries me. That is our riders and will always be. Um, so they're not always immediately the best for the board of wisdom. Yeah, yeah no, it's, no you, have to, you have to take what they say with a pinch of salt and then you speak to a few of them and then you have your own opinion and then you kind of come to some kind of conclusion. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I don't like this no. thing that where we're getting... And, and something like going back to Argentina where you had Sasaki literally bump into somebody and he made... During, during a wet race, I think it was. Yeah, that can happen. I think it was wet. And, and, and made to lose a position. Whereas Nakagami came into Quattararo on the first lap, bang! And like, you know, basically T-boned him. 
Oh, yeah, he does this quite a lot. Exactly. He's quite a well-known yeah, first lap offender, and, and he's got no, and he's got no, no penalties. So, you know, if the board of wisdom that makes these decisions has good grounds for it, but choose not to share them with us. Exactly. I, I mean, you don't need to go in discussion with Matt Oxley and Peter Bomb about everything you no. do, but at least give a written <laughs> explanation. If you don't what, do that, do you, end up, you end up with speculations. Hmm. And what we see from our point of view is some of them are really, really strange, yeah, yeah. strange, strange what, decisions. What happened to um, Morbidelli? He had that tiny collision. I mean, it wasn't even a collision. It was a bump. He tried to go inside yeah. Alex Marquez at the second turn at the start of the sprint, and he didn't collide with him. He yeah. just bumped him. And, th and that made Marquez sit up, and then that created an accident. So they penalised Morbidelli. But, you know, you, you just can't... And, and in the writing, Yamaha appealed the decision, and the writing, the, the denial of the, the FIM denying the appeal was that he had ridden in an ambitious yeah. manner. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, no, that's the joke no, of the no, whole no, thing like, now. Eh? What, 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 Whatever you do, they say, are you ambitious or what? So no one's allowed to arrive. I mean, basically, you've got to shut yeah. MotoGP down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we might as well, all, if you're not allowed to do anything in an ambitious manner anymore, you know, the whole point of being here yeah. is to be ambitious. Matt, that and they, so they need someone that can speak proper English exactly. and understands yeah. legalese and if they exactly. said he rode in an ov overly or overtly sorry overly ambitious manner that would be different but to say somebody to penalize somebody for riding an to for being ambitious is no, just no, no. insane you know, you'd, have to, you'd have to you'd have to disqualify the entire yeah. grid no, in no, every no. race but it, apart from the, the situation is so bad that they can't even explain that the decision that because they didn't make a decision because oh you're trying to overtake somebody we should not allow no no they're not that bad mm -hmm. but they don't even have a proper transmission is a worrying thing that yeah. that is really yeah. a worrying English, thing too in, in these legal you know people are spending hundreds of millions of pounds yeah. here so words matter yeah. you know yeah. you have to have you they need somebody who understands legal English who will write the penalties in the correct way that they cannot be misinterpreted. Yeah. We've already had it with the Mark Marquez one. Where they That's why we still well, completely it. fucked it up. And we still don't know anything six weeks later or however it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, and now they've yeah. done the same again. And yeah. it's, it's not good enough. No. It's not good enough. I mean, how much money is in this paddock? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. And it's not right that the whole thing is just being thrown apart by somebody who can't write legally. Exactly. And how much would it cost them to hire someone? Nothing. So that's the penalties that we've done, and we had uh, KTM. We have also some manufacturers that are still not there. Let's go quickly through them. I yeah. mean, Honda, for me, it's not a surprise, because yeah. what do you expect? But in another way, it put things in perspective what happened two weeks ago in, in Austin. You know, yeah. Rins win is, is like the people's favorite. Everybody likes Rins, and everybody likes that team, the LCR yeah. Honda team. And they got the win, and they really, really deserved it, so yeah. everybody happy. But unfortunately, it means nothing about the state of things at Honda. Not about it says not. It says Alex Rins likes Austin, and it's one of these tracks. And the LCV likes Austin. Exactly, and both of them only get there once a year, and every year the track gets a little bit worse. So, what if you like the track, you're fortunate, and you have a big, big adventure. So, even on a bike that's not clearly not competitive at all at all the classic tracks, in, in especially the smaller tracks in Europe, it was there, but it was just it means basically nothing. Everybody's happy for them. But they know just as you and me, it means nothing. Honda yeah. is in the ship. I, I kind of compare them, obviously, to Ducati, who were in the ship for many years. 
and then they signed Delinia at the very end of 2013. In 2014, they still had to, to drive um, to ride um, Godbuyer's bike, which was a disaster. Uh, I mean, what, what, you know, Vizioso, when he first came to Ducati, he said that wasn't even a motorcycle. Yeah. You know? And then in 2015... Well, he looked at it in the pit box. It was not a motorbike, no, obviously. No, no, no. <laughs> it was still... Then in 2015, with Delinia's first bike. Yeah. It was his first bike. They needed to work on it. And then 2016 came along, which fortuitously also these at Control ECU, the, and then the whole Ducati knew better than anybody yeah, else. Exactly. And also the Michelins, just by luck, helped <laughs> Ducati as well. And they started winning. So if you, if you put Honda in that position... They've now got Ken Kowalski. But I don't know whether he's now you're scaring or... me, man, because you're basically saying we have to wait another three, four years before Maybe. I want to come back. Know. But I'm afraid you're right. Two or three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't or... dig yourself be, out of that, be, hell, be, that hole. Could be that hole. But then the, also the Yamaha thing, we come back to that. And why I don't like this format, I, it's not that I don't like the sprint races, but I found I enjoyed a longer race much more because there's so much more, yeah, so yeah, much more intrigue. more different levels, there's more happening. Just the yeah. stories, yeah. there's a story coming. You can see somebody coming. Wow, look, somebody's tires have come in and he's charging through. And in a sprint race, it's just mad kind of, yeah. you know. It's Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but you, about the Yamaha situation. You yeah, said so, 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 Quadraro, he destroyed his weekend in FP1. Because he, he didn't go for a time. That was really it, him or his crew chief decision. They made a mistake. said already immediately, why the fuck is he He's the yeah. only one that's not taking sure. a fresh ash, tie, yeah. rear tire in the end to free one to make sure you go to Q2. I mean, yeah. on the other side of the pit lane at KTM, there's a wildcard rider, a very small guy. Yeah. He did it and he was immediately in Q2. So what he did in, in the rest of the session is preparing every all the KTMs for the race. Exactly. Yeah. And Fabio was riding around with an, it almost had to me like the air of the best days of Mark Marquez when he was always doing something else at the others because yeah. he was one step ahead of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's, Fabio it's, was doing only just two really long runs in free practice one. And they were they were for long runs really good, but he didn't try even a soft tire. And when he did finally, he learned, oh, it brings me only point four. We have a problem. It yeah. should bring point yeah. eight. And it was, but then it was too it, late. It was too late because. In, in the hot afternoon, Harath is always slower. Exactly. They went a little bit faster, but he couldn't I think four or five riders went faster, yeah. and those are the really special ones, yeah. like the Aprilias, when they are alone, they're really another level, but he knew he was not on the left. So. To me, it's wrong that in FP1, everybody's already in qualifying mode. That's yeah. just not right. Yeah. No. But, but that's just the way yeah, it is, that, and, and the teams have yeah, to adapt. Exactly, and, and we know. And obviously, yeah. Yamaha will have learned from that mistake, but nonetheless, I still think this is, this is Grand Prix racing. You know, it's it's meant to be something special. It's meant to be something that involves machine development and technical expertise. Yeah, it's it's not just like go I out. I don't really agree because we all know this is the system this year. He did a lot of clever decisions earlier, Fabio and uh, and Yamaha earlier in the year. And this one, they completely missed it. It's like they were cocky, overconfident. We will do it anyway this afternoon because we, Yamaha, and we, Fabio Quattraro, are always there in Jerez. Yeah. Historically speaking, they are. Yeah, I mean, enough. you know better than me. They're always there. Yeah. But now, not at all. So it was must have been a real smack in the face in the afternoon. He could do nothing with us. Mm -hmm. So that was a big down. And from there, his whole weekend has gone from from worse to worse, whatever you say in English, you know, from bad to worse or whatever they say. Bad to worse, yeah. So, yeah. and now we have a negative, ne <laughs> negative spiral. Oh, completely. You keep, you start, because it's like Honda have been for the last few years. They start going down, downwards, and then you just keep going downwards yeah. until eventually you get to the bottom. And then if you're lucky, you can start climbing back up again. But, but I'm, 
I, I really worry for Yamaha because you, you, have you need a lot of you need a lot of downforce aero, and to have downforce aero, you need, power, you need a lot of horsepower. Yeah. The inline four does not have enough horsepower. Yeah. I think Honda, they've got a V four, they can get out of that hole, possibly. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Honda have to. But the fact that Honda is looking in every other direction in the world and hire other people from other teams is a bad, bad sign because the proud, big, mighty HRC should have never done that before. It means already for years in a row, something's going wrong there. And now it's completely open in the public. We don't know how to make a swing arm. We don't know how to make a chassis because yeah. we asked somebody else from Moto2 who was never yeah. in MotoGP. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. We go testing in Sepang and some runs we do completely without the wings, just as a base comparison. Wow. Wow. <laughs> just wow. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I love it that they do it because it means they really want to come back. They hire other people. They hire, they, they're not too proud to buy stuff from others because Honda wants to come which, back. Which brings us back to KTM, the amount of staff that they've brought from Ducati. Because, you know, yeah. um, you know, if, if, yeah. if, if one factory is doing is winning everything, then the best thing you can do is copy. Or follow that factory. Exactly. And one of the best ways to do that is buy, buy, steal, whatever you do, have to do. <laughs> and and um, I, read, yeah. I, I did read a book not so long ago about a famous English motorbike journalist about how they used to steal technology in the past. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing new. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not new, it's and, not and new. you should not be. Okay, maybe I, I see things negative, but uh, in the end. In the end, I think we are. Uh, there was something in the pit lane that made me even. That might be. I, I might be seeing things wrong, but there was something in the pit lane today that said, "Fuck it, that's a sign of things. They're in the ship." Yeah. I was just looking at starter motors because I went obviously like every day. I go with my, with my with my telephone, make pictures in pit lane, and I do take pictures of the different starting machines that the teams have because every now and then they upgrade with the starting machines, and they're all very nice and kind. Uh, I will put a couple of photos in the next week on social media. The one that is really like, wow, 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 KTM already last year, you know. It's a very small, tiny, full carbon unit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you expect in Formula 1? Mm. Then there is a new one this year, and that's the one that is really now in my personal list of starter motors in the pit lane, Honda. Honda brought a new one that's really, really clever. You know, not only the design, how it looks, but it, it works in a different way. It locks itself mm. onto the bolts on the outside of the clutch, and then it goes straight in the clutch, they do it with one hand, so they go into the, the right X in the engine, so there's no back torque or anything. And then there is Yamaha. Yamaha has like a trolley, mm, yeah, which yeah. obviously weighs 25 kilos. It's got the battery of a truck under it, yeah. some really big cables, and the thing that weights on top of it that you have to slide into the engine has literally an old car starter motor in it as well. And then they have some gears in it. I mean, that's the same thing that we see for five years in Yamaha. If yeah. that's, and that's yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. and that yeah. probably mean that's max bad. That's where this my my long story goes to. That's probably a sign of things. Yeah, Yamaha has the worst old school starter motor. It works, Mentality. that's for sure. It even costs them a lot of money because to bring to fly that thing over the world, then yeah. you pay per kilo. Yeah. it's bad, and it's still yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so we had Honda, we had Yamaha, we had KTM, we had Ducati. Ducati is there, like always, is there. Yeah. I've seen a couple of things on Ducatis. I maybe didn't share it with you yet. Um, I've seen that on Peco's bike, there is a weird throttle. Um, I, I say throttle, but bah, you know, since, there are, since the bikes are all basically fly, let's say, drive by wire, mm -hmm. you don't need a throttle cable. In your time, my time, you had actually always two cables coming out from your throttle. Let's call it the throttle grip, yeah. the one that's on the handlebar. 
until a couple of years ago, everybody had two cables come out of it. And these two cables went straight to your butterflies on your, in, your, uh, in your inlets, and they opened and closed them. Two, because if something went stuck, it, you could force it to close it. Then came drive-by-wire, and you basically don't need that anymore. But in the beginning, the drive-by-wire was quite some a bit odd, strange thing. So there were still two cables. There were still two cables, so you could overrule it and close it. But now we are already for, I think for three years I pay attention on all the bikes in the pit lane, and it started with Yamaha. They went, development, everything goes better and better and better. At some point, the cables disappear because you should not need a cable. You just have a, a, grip, a throttle grip that has a sensor inside it, and there is a little electric cable coming out. That Yamaha had it as well. And then when Valentino started to become really, really desperate, looking everywhere for speed, you know, he started to break with one finger, he went back to the cables. He was the first guy that went back to cables. And I'm like, hmm. And the guys in Yamaha thought, yeah, he's looking for that particular feeling. Then I looked at Aprilia. Since the Aprilia factory team is, is in MotoGP, they have cables. On the RNF bikes, there is a really, really nice designed uh, throttle grip, completely electronic, but the factory bikes still have two cables come out of it. And they're only short cables, 30 centimeters. On the top triple clamp, they go into a, a, a potential meter, a sensor, and that translates it into a signal for the issue. Mm. But still, riders look for a feeling. They miss. Oh, let me put it the other yeah. way around. They grow up with certain bikes, and on the current MotoGP bikes, if you get a fully electronic throttle grip, some of them miss a certain feedback. So they go back to cables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and, there is and, not, nothing more important in, in motorbikes than feeling. Exactly. And you need the feeling on the throttle, exactly. and you need the feeling on the on brakes, brake, and the tires, and everything. All the Ducatis have, have an electronic throttle already for years. Ducati never looked back sure. until now. Sure. Peco's bike, and just Peco's bike, I mean, I did Sebastian English bike because that stayed in the box. Yeah. But on Peco's bike, it's a very special because it looks completely different, a really tricky one with only one um, like old school metal cable coming out of it, going to a sensor, only one. So he yeah. is also, he, Gigi, looking for some some special feeling there with the throttle. Yeah. Because when you're with 60 degree lean angle, and you start to open the throttle, you need to have the feedback that you're really sure what's going to happen. That's not only fueling, that's not just only your, your throttle map, that's also really the mechanical thing. You're going to get a better drive out of the corner. Exactly. You're going to be brave enough. You need to feel to have the bravery yeah. to open the throttle. And at that angle, if you get it wrong... Yeah, it will hurt you. It will hurt you. Yeah. Matt, you've done a couple of minutes. Did you check the minutes? Are we are we nearly done? or? <laughs> okay, whatever. Because let's, let's go through the list from the top of your head. We had Ducati, we had Yamaha, yeah. we had all the manufacturers, we had most of the riders. Was there one rider that, like surprised you in a positive or negative way that you really want to share it with us? There was one rider I just feel fucking sorry for him and that's Sean Mir. Yeah, he yeah. did four crashes. Yeah, Yesterday yeah. we were all astounded. He did three crashes already in this weekend and now we add another one. So he, that's he, four he, crashes. So I'm just, and it's so difficult for a rider as we know because riders like going fast and I'm, I was speaking to him yesterday and he said it's really accept, really difficult to accept being 12th. You, 18th, he said. Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> But, you know, he's... You know, the sad fact is that he's got to get used to finishing or, or being... Until comes with some ugly. It's yeah. not in the... They the, 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 the most important thing is to keep himself in a good physical and mental state and wait. It has destroyed some riders. The second seat in Repsol is, is not the one you want to be in normally. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very hard one. When you're in home, you can better be in LCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So at the moment, it, it really doesn't work for him. And uh, yeah, I, I hope he survives this. I hope yeah. that he stays calm, don't break too many bones, and Honda brings up that, that match. Because I fully understand they, they went for him. Yeah. Because one year ago, tomorrow exactly, Suzuki decided to pull the plug and say, mm -hmm. okay, that was it. And the riders knew, okay, we need to look for so another manufacturer. And, and it's completely much. Yeah, but also maybe more about the way he rides the bike. Because mm -hmm. that Suzuki could, yeah, could more, win he, races. He was, he was always, he was always he was, more aggressive. He was very physical. And you need to be physical with a Honda. You know, speak to Crutzlow. You need to be fucking physical with it. So it was completely logic, but still the bike is yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, if Mark Marquez before he had his injury now, really has to give everything. To, to, and that and what he gave was a really, really clever and big risk to Famous 3. You know that the bike is not even capable for 13 with everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah, on it. Sure. So that's where Honda is. And I, I just hope they know. I spoke to actually some of the guys and they said, wow, it's a big, big weekend, especially for the Honda mechanics, because tonight is going to be a very, very... They probably don't sleep at all. No, no. Because they need to transform all the bikes, switch two different sashes, rebuild bikes, yeah. put different bikes together, ready for, for tomorrow's test day. So that's the good thing. But Honda have a reputation of bringing lots of stuff to test it, and we don't see a lot of progress. No, no, no. So sure. that's the situation at Honda. Okay. What do you expect for the, for the next race, uh, Matt, oh, from here? What, what do you think that we learned? That, what do you think that we learned that we can bring? Uh, look, look at him, uh, this competitive I, again. Well, I was, I was just being a Rise and, and, a, and another KTM engineer, and they both say, you know, if you tend to be, like you were saying yourself, if you tend to be, if you're good at Perez, that's a good sign, you know? Yeah, that, for um, most price, but for most, price, of course, right? of course. Um, so, but I, I, I'm never in the expect uh, prediction no. game. I hate no, it. prediction, I hate we're not going to do that. And I, I don't really know what will happen. No. I'm not clever enough. And, and you know, what I... What I like to do is turn up there and see what happens yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. i think i think motorbike racing is so much more complicated than car racing <laughs> oh it is if yeah. you can correctly predict what's going to happen in the next race i wouldn't be a journalist i'd be the chief engineer of kdm yeah. or honda yeah. 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 hope because i don't, yeah. I don't yeah. bother looking at it yeah, yeah. It's easy. Exactly, exactly. there's a couple of things in the ktm because i i will obviously want to say something about it you know the ktm start well and with the yeah. current system we have in the weekend you need to be really if you're not on the front row you need the ktm because that starts like it's on the front row because yeah. every time jumps to the lead from the second row yeah well so, look at argentina yeah. in the so, sprint race so, beautiful that's already a big big thing and if you have that here you have that in the month as well sure. that's not track related they are having such a good feeling from the front it's hard to believe that that will be completely gone in the month with the ktms exactly. yeah um, I mean, I guess it'll depend on the temperature to some to some extent, but um, like you say, you know that bike has something that it didn't have last no, year. No, no, no. And but then think about Honda and Alex Rins. How we explained that he can he cannot force the bike into the corner and keep the speed. He has to sort of stop it, go in the middle of the corner for way too long, yeah. too slow, and then accelerate yeah. out of it. Yeah. You know the way he crashed out of today's race was really like. I feel so sorry for him. Mm -hmm. He was in a group of people. He was the slowest and still he crashes. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. And he knew. He knew. Uh, but that problem is less. Because then in you've got two, three corners like that in Le Mans. And here, all the corners are like that. Sure. So his problem will be less. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly Austin where we're going to, but it's already less. Sure. So there's different things for everybody in, in Le Mans. A lot will, de will depend on the track temperatures, which can be historically quite cool yeah. there. And so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay, let's let's keep it just open and see after a month what we have to say. But this was I, our I very hope, 
this is our first ever podcast, and I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll get better. It needs well, to end, Bill. We really amateur. I mean, we have we're a lot to say. A couple of amateurs at the moment. <laughs> we know a couple of things, and um, I was really surprised on social media how many people reacted positively about yeah, yeah. our suggestion to start to do this yeah, yeah. Uh, on our uh, yeah. that we started. But now we have to work on some on technicalities to yeah. to make this uh, to improve the quality of the whole podcast, especially the sound, because we are improvising here big time. But we wanted to start here because yeah. we we're so excited about it. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I still like him. I, I, I really hope that uh, our listeners are getting um, yeah. excited as us. Exactly. Yeah. That's the idea. Okay, yeah. that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody.